Michigan, we bring in our News Talk 1010 medical correspondent, Dr. Mitch Shulman. Good morning, Dr. Mitch. Good morning. And you actually bring up a very important point. Any of us should have carbon monoxide uh, monitors in our homes, uh, in your apartment, wherever it is that you're living. Um, the risk, it's a silent killer. You do not smell it. You do not taste it. You do not see it. And before you know it, you will you could die. And so the only way of being protected is to have a carbon monoxide detector. They're very inexpensive. But everyone, especially living in our climate, when you start heating up your house because of how cold things are getting, very important that everyone have one. Okay, let's talk about uh, potentially fatal circumstances. Life expectancy for Canadians fell in 2022 for the third year in a row. Is it all COVID? No, there are other things contributing, overdose deaths uh, and and failure to vaccinate our children because they miss their vaccines because of, well, it's indirectly COVID related, let's put it that way. But yeah, COVID is now, last year, 2022, more people died of COVID and COVID related illnesses than in the previous years. And this was especially dangerous for people over the age of 65 or over the age of 80, whether or not they had other underlying health issues. So COVID really, really, affected our statistics. Um, you can expect the lingering effects to last for a while as we move into long COVID and everything else that are the consequences of it. Um, it's still an illness that's around. I see lots of cases still coming into my emergency room. And these are usually now, fortunately, people who've been vaccinated, so they aren't so deathly ill. I'm not admitting them to the intensive care unit. But last year, 2022, we saw more people die as a result of COVID, and it moved into the third rank after heart disease and cancer as a cause of death amongst Canadians. This is terrifying, especially when we had means of managing the illness. Um, it just It's a reminder of how we have to take these things seriously, how we really do need to listen to the recommendations of the scientists, and we've got to do more for our elderly because we're really not protecting them very well. And, and that's, a, that's a glaring message that comes out of what happened last year. I was talking about this story and somebody was uh, texting me and insisting, well, we know why people are living less. It's because all the young people have died from the vaccine. That is, and as a public health official, must drive you crazy. That is a false talking point that just won't go away. And every time some 35-year-old athlete dies, everybody says, see, it's the vaccine. It has nothing to do with that at all. And thank you for bringing that up. Look, if people want to believe baffle gab, they'll believe baffle gab. The truth is there. Truth isn't being hidden. There's no sinister plot. I'm not being paid by Moderna or by Pfizer to push vaccine. I care about you, not you personally, but I do care about you, but Thank I you. care about people. And I don't want you to fall ill if you can avoid it. And that's what motivates all of this. It's a concern. And I would not tell anybody to do anything that I'm not doing for myself or for my own family. So you can take that, you know, with any way you want to. But certainly, I, I just, anyway, I can't say enough about how these things are ridiculous. Now, you really need to listen to science, not baffle gap. So I used to know a woman who, when she was pregnant, played Mozart all the time. And apparently what your baby hears before they're born really actually can shape their brain. This is so cool. They took these little babies in the womb and they played them uh, Goldilocks in French, Spanish and English. And these were French-speaking mothers. Then when the babies were delivered, within a few days of birth, they put little caps on their heads with electrodes and played them Goldilocks in the three languages. 
Lo and behold, the kids that heard it in their native language, which was French in this case, responded much better and in a different way to those who heard it in a foreign language. So it would appear that not only are they listening, but they're learning, and we're setting up their brains to learn better. Now, it doesn't mean they can't learn other languages. It doesn't mean it's locked in, but it does show you that there's something special about that period after about seven months in the womb where the baby really does relate to its environment, and whether it's the restful sound of the mother's heart or the cooing and the pleasant sounds of the mother's voice, which they definitely recognize, or the specific cadences of a different language, you can help your kid um, by speaking to them in the womb, which I think is awesome. Okay, I hesitate to ask you about this next story, but I know <laughs> I know you well enough. Uh, five women got eye syphilis from the same man. What's going on here? This is just terrifying. So syphilis is a bacterial illness, a sexually transmitted illness, and for whatever reason, all of our sexually transmitted illnesses are increasing numbers, whether it's gonorrhea, syphilis, uh, HIV, chlamydia, they're all increasing dramatically in numbers for all sorts of reasons. In this case, normally when you get syphilis, you get a painless sore that if it isn't treated with the appropriate antibiotic, which is usually a form of penicillin, then goes into a stage where you develop a rash and then if that isn't treated, you go into a latent phase, which can then three to 15 years later involve the brain or the heart or anything. In this case, this one guy infected five women at least that he met online with a form of syphilis that attacked their eyes. It went into their bloodstream and preferentially went to their eyes and affected their vision. This is very, very very unusual and rare for syphilis. Um, it was picked up by Minnesota public health authorities. They treated the women, they tracked it back to the guy, they treated the guy, and ever since that, there have been no other cases, which is important because the concern was maybe the, the bug, the bacteria has changed, and this would have been the start of a different form of syphilis. It appears to be contained, but it reminds us how important it is to be careful uh, in terms of sexually transmitted illnesses at any age, if you're sexually active, you're at risk. And let me ask you about the uh, application of coffee against infectious diseases. This is phenomenal. God bless them. So someone's looking at the UK Biodata Bank and figures out that if you drank at least one cup of coffee a day, you were 10% less likely to come down with COVID. So these researchers looked at this and they went, wait a minute, why? Well, it turns out, and they looked at it in many different ways, including analyzing the blood of people who uh, uh, drank either decaffeinated or caffeinated coffee, regular or decaffeinated coffee, and they found that whether it was the coffee itself, the decaffeinated, the instant, or the blood, all inhibited the ability of the virus to attach itself to the receptors that it needs to get into your body and into your cells. So, should you douse yourself in coffee to protect yourself against COVID? I don't think it's a reliable um, bit of protection. But on the other hand, if you're a coffee drinker, isn't it nice to know that it may be reducing the risk that you'll come down with COVID? Not enough to count on it alone, but just a fascinating bit of trivial knowledge that you can impress your friends with at work. See, now I'm curious about what portion of the population drinks coffee, because in my immediate circle, everybody drinks coffee. So I don't know, you know, that it would make that, it, you wouldn't have a, what, what do they call it, a remote group to test against. 
<laughs> in this case, they did because in the UK, most people drink tea. Ah. And so the number of people who drank coffee was a small subset. That's why they were able to get this data there. You're right. Testing here in North America would be really, really, really tough. <laughs> Thank you, sir. Wonderful to have you on a Wednesday morning. Always a pleasure. Have a great day. That's our White Coat Wednesday with our medical correspondent, Dr. Mitch Shulman.